Standing up in McKinney, this is According to Callus. It is the 16th of October, 2023, episode 509. It is late. I am late. So I'm going to be short and I'm going to be sweet. Well, maybe not sweet, but definitely short. <clears throat> Today we're going to rehash or uh, basically restate a couple of things that we've covered over some previous episodes. Mostly because, uh, obviously, the analytics make no sense. Yeah, y'all, I got well over a thousand downloads on two shows, and then I got 150 on another. Makes no sense. But that being said, it's a McKinney Monday, so that means we're going to spend some time focusing on what's going on right out my back door. So you you might be aware <clears throat> that we passed an ordinance last I, I guess this last election cycle whereupon we're going to now sell liquor in our fair city now truth be told i grew up with liquor stores literally on the corner and in my uh, blue collar town that i grew up in it was really never an issue there was uh, never a stigma if you will i mean there were seedy areas that would have a liquor store and the, those liquor stores would have bars and it would be quite obvious that was not a place that you want to be. But generally, I mean, you could just go to the grocery store. You didn't have to go to quote unquote a package store, but really nobody thought anything about it. The unique thing is when I moved to McKinney, 1997, it was still a dry county, a dry town. Um, you could get beer or wine in a restaurant with the unicard same thing with you know a mixed drink but it was uh, like an extra step and uh they still have the 51 percent uh notification which i and look folks i don't really think in my gut that making something difficult to get really makes anything better okay just look at the uh, drug loss. <laughs> I mean, I, and I, I'm not justifying it. I'm not suggesting it's a good idea. I mean, I like an occasional adult beverage. I just do, but one's enough. I don't need six in a night. I mean, I wouldn't even be able two and I'm done. Two is the absolute most I can even handle in an, any given time period. But one and one and done is 99% of the time one and done. That's good. It's nice. It's enjoyable. I want it to taste good. I want it to be an enjoyable experience spent with some friends. That that's, that's the ideal. But I do realize that there are people that aren't able to do that, that abuse it, that they have problems. The strange scenario here is we're going to make it easier to get your booze on, but we're still going to give you a felony if you smoke a doobie. I mean, Call me crazy, but I would just like a little consistency. Same thing like you're 16, you can drive, you're 18, you can vote, and you can be potentially drafted to go die for your country, but you can't have a beer, and apparently you can't own a handgun or purchase a handgun, excuse me. It makes no sense. Let's try for some internal consistency here. For me, I like the ability to go drive at age 16. Uh, definitely there's some advantages to the general public when that's the case, but I wouldn't necessarily lose sleep because quite frankly, it doesn't affect me any longer if they changed it to 18. I, 
I don't necessarily, I mean, you get like hardship waivers and stuff like that. But I mean, as a general rule, if you want to say you're an adult at 18 and you can do all these things at 18, fine. But I mean, we're doing the same thing with cigarettes. I mean, the whole thing just doesn't make any sense. So where was I going with this? Well, funny you should ask. I can't help but recognize yet even more liquor stores are opening up in my fair town of McKinney. Now, let me be clear. I don't really have a big issue with that. I'm not sure how it makes our upscale suburban aesthetic of being unique by nature better by having 15 liquor stores within a square mile. And I'm exaggerating on purpose, folks. No, obviously that's not true. But that's not really the point. The point is, I'm not sure how this is going to be a net positive long term. I'm not sure how we can be unique by nature. Look at our crepe myrtle trails. Look look at all our pretty houses and look at how expensive it is to live in town here. Hey, but don't worry. We got those liquor stores right down the street for you. And if you don't like that one, there's three more just a block or two further. I mean, again, not really sure how that works with the aesthetic that we're trying to hold here in McKinney, but there is an upside to this folks. And, And this is this is why I'm not super worried about it, and this is why I don't think it's a big problem. You remember about a decade ago, we had frozen yogurt stores everywhere to the point that people were complaining and moaning that there was yet another frozen yogurt store. How could we? Oh, we don't need another one of those. Okay, yeah, maybe, maybe not, but that's over. It's done. It was a fad. It was a thing, and hopefully some people made some money. Other people lost money. Um that's that's nature of business. I mean, we got the donut shops, we've got the nail salons, all those things, they pop in, they run a cycle and they go out or they, they fail. I mean, that's the nature of business. A good number of them fail. So while we might have six liquor stores on El Dorado between, I don't know, let's say Hardin and Ridge. And, and look, I, again, I don't know if that's accurate. And I don't know how technical you want to get because I know there's at least one on Lake Forest that's about one stoplight down from where uh, El Dorado is. So, I mean, yeah. And again, is it the end of the world? No. Is it a terrible thing? No. Do we need a bunch of hole-in-the-wall liquor joints? <laughs> Probably not. But again, it could be worse. We could have the pot shops everywhere. We could have... Um, I don't know, some more of those, uh, sketchy massage parlors. I mean, it's all possible, but again, I see the uh, McKinney Karens, they gripe about a car dealership going in, but apparently they're perfectly fine with a yet another liquor store. I see the McKinney Karens losing their stuff because a dry cleaner went in or because another dentist's office went in. But apparently they're perfectly fine with their liquor on, you know, as as long as they get to have their margaritas, it's all good, I guess. Now, this, then maybe this is just part of the Yankee phenomenon, right? We came here, we want our booze, we want it easy. Okay, maybe. Again, I refuse to lose sleep over it. I refuse to get terribly upset about it or disappointed. But again, we're supposed to be McKinney. We're an upscale suburban uh, city. We have all the amenities. We have these crepe myrtle trails. We're unique by nature, but we're throwing up thousands of apartments as quick as we can because somebody's got to turn a profit here. Again, apartments in and of themselves, they serve a purpose. Massive amounts of apartments in the 
cramped little areas. Yeah, not such a good thing. But again, what are you going to do about it? Because you don't control the reins of power. You, you don't control what the city's doing. You have zero say over how this is going to play out. And just because you show up to vote and vote the bums out, as they say, doesn't mean you're going to change anything. A large part of this is already baked in. Now, again, while I think long-term massive amounts of apartments are far more detrimental to a city than a couple of liquor stores, it's probably not the end of the world. Why do I say that? Well, because McKinney is going to have 400,000, I don't know, half a million maybe at some point when we've finally built out. We're sitting at about 210 to 220 now, depending who you listen to. If a certain percentage of that is figured in as apartment dwellers, is it really the end of the world? I mean, if it's less than 10%, is it a huge issue? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's people out there listening to the show right now that are cringing and worrisome. And look, if you've got the data, put it out there. If you can prove it out why it's a negative, if you reach a certain threshold or when you've got a certain saturation, it's a problem. I'm all ears. Feel free to call, email, or text me. I'll put your information out for you. It's no problem. But right now, I'm not losing sleep about it. One of the things that I do find interesting, though, is, and I, I might have mentioned this before, but again, this is kind of rehashing some ideas, but putting them in the context of what's going on in McKinney right here, right now. When I was a kid growing up, you could go down several of the main streets and pretty much every house or every building on that street was either a four family, a three family, and at the very least they were a duplex. And for those of you that don't know, a duplex is kind of like a townhome only turned sideways. Uh, One family lives upstairs, another family lives downstairs. That allowed them to offset the cost of living on that street it also allowed them to potentially pay for their home while they lived on site. It was it was a generational retirement plan for many people. But we're not allowed to do that anymore. It would seem to me that if I was going to build homes just off of El Dorado or just off of Virginia, that would be an ideal location to do that. Instead of throwing up thousand unit apartment complexes, why not just put a whole street of nothing but four families? It's less dense. But it's more homey, it's more city, and it's definitely a medium place, right? Or better yet, what if we went just to apartment complexes that had 20 units? There's a couple over there on the east side of McKinney. And again, these were fairly common in the town I grew up in. Yeah, you got 14 to 20 units, maybe three floors, you know, six, eight uh, apartments per floor. It can be done. They're kind of nice, and honestly, if they're done well, the, each uh, landing, if you has has like a, a general open area there where the people that is, that are friendly can come out, relax, talk to people, and have some interaction. I've seen it happen. Now, again, maybe this is a stretch, but I don't understand why we don't do these things. I'm sure that the big developers don't want it; they don't care. There's not enough profit in there. But but if you're a I don't know, a middle-aged guy or maybe even somebody in your 20s and you got, I don't know, fifty dollars to $100,000 squirreled away and you could put down that money and build out a building that would essentially house four families or six families or eight families. And if, if you rent them out, 
you can pay for the entirety of what that building costs plus a little bit of extra money and you essentially are living there for free and you can do that for 10 or 20 years until it's paid off and then you own that, you're a property owner, that's good. That's good for the city. It's good for the community. You know, when they when they show this uh, development, you know, again, back at the, I'm from the Midwest. I, I, I admit I grew up in the Midwest. I am a Yankee. I'm a reformed Yankee. But I'm just saying, if we're gonna if we're gonna do things, or we're gonna change up things. Why aren't we looking to use them to our advantage? I mean, in the old neighborhoods, there were many buildings that were on the corner, right? It wouldn't even be necessarily a major intersection, but in a semi, um, let's call it neighborhood area or a, a smaller neighborhood, and they may have a building where they got two or three storefronts on the bottom floor, and then they've got, I don't know, eight or 10 apartments on the second floor. Or another alternative would be you'd have a building where the first floor was a storefront. Maybe the guy's got a, a again, I'm just going to reflect on my childhood, a shoe business, a convenience store, and by shoe business, he was a cobbler, or a small little bakery, um, artisan stuff, right? And then they live upstairs or they, or they, or they have a little living place at the backside of the building, depending on how big the building is. And then they have two apartments upstairs. These are all different options. There are things that could be done that brings the community back. It brings a, a neighborhood back to life instead of the dry, sterile, you know, 400 homes and a little development with nothing. And you have to drive three blocks just to get to a grocery store. Now, again, I gotta be honest. In the town I grew up in, I routinely walked a half mile to go to the nearest grocery store. But if I needed something small or something easy, there was a convenience store, which wasn't a convenience store. It was a liquor store that had convenience store items on the corner of the block. And I could walk there. I'd go buy whatever I need and take it home to my dad. There, there was this idea where you could have a walkable town, but if you wanted to go get some bigger stuff or some nicer stuff, you might have to go a half a mile. You know, five or six blocks in a city or a town is nothing. Now, if you wanted to go to the mall or you wanted to go to some like major retail center, you might have to drive five to 10 miles. And everybody understood that it was no big deal. But it was also, why take the hassle? I can literally walk to the corner or I can walk two, three blocks down, which again, when you're 10, 12, 14 years old, you're not driving anyway. So it was doable. And guess what? When you're out and about, you meet people, you see people, they know, hey, that's that callous kid over there. And boy, let me tell you, in the town I grew up in, there was very little that I could ever get away with that somebody wasn't telling my old man. I mean, (laughs) there's stories that I could be told. I mean, nothing criminal, but just stupid kid stuff. But we routinely would walk a half mile to a mile anywhere we wanted to go to do things and nobody thought anything about it. Now, granted, it wasn't 110 out in the summer. So there, that is kind of the counter, but it was also negative five a lot of times in the winter, whereas down here, it's like, oh, there's a little snow on the ground. It's the end of the world. No, no. Look, I'm not suggesting that I want to reorg the nature of McKinney. I'm just saying that what seemed to me when they built out Adriatica, that was kind of the riff they were going for, right? And you'd have multiple layers of people that live there with multiple bankrolls, and they would be able to go to different things inside there. Now, the whole live, work, and play environment is that I don't really have to go anywhere. We've got a couple of nice restaurants here. We've got a couple of nice little stores. There's an office building, all within about a quarter mile. And that's great. But again, it only works if people actually want to live there. It only works if there's a true market for it. 
Now you can incentivize it. You can tax proof it to where you basically pay for it to be built. But then once it's there, now you're looking at a bunch of apartments, essentially, or maybe condos and empty offices or restaurants that can't stay in business because the location is dependent on auto traffic. Now, again, if you're trying to be unique, if you if you want to live up to that moniker of unique by nature, why won't you try some unique things? Why won't you look at doing some things to differentiate ourselves from our neighbors? I mean, Frisco, God love it. They're throwing up everything they can in Frisco. Whatever aesthetic was in Frisco is long since gone. But McKinney still has the opportunity to recapture some of the small town feel, some of some of the vibe of being unique. One of the things that I talked about back in 2019 is what if we relaxed some of the standards? What if we didn't require having every house look exactly the same with a brick front? What if we allowed for the density of the individual homes to be a little closer, but then had some like park space nearby? What if we allowed for something smaller than the minimum requirements that we currently have? What if, what if we said that this area doesn't need an HOA, but they're not going to necessarily have any park space. They're going to use the city parks, but we're going to allow them to try some unique things. One of the other things we talked about is like a t- little tiny home t- area. Again, these are just ideas. Now, maybe the tidy home fad thing has come and gone, and I'm okay with that, but it was just a suggestion. It was an opportunity. It was how could we do things differently? They're very concerned in the media about how will the least of ours, right? How how will the poor people be able to afford to live in McKinney? And the honest answer is they really can't. Unless they move into subsidized housing, or they live on the outskirts of town where it's marginally cheaper. It's so expensive to live in Collin County, much less McKinney, that you really can't anymore. You need to have two people working, not at home in many cases, in order to afford a home in McKinney. Now, you can decide that's not good. You can decide that's negative. And you know what? There are some definite drawbacks to that. But if you would look at a couple of different options or different opportunities, how you could do that, that's why we're throwing out these ideas. You know, we do still have a decent school district. There are issues. Some of the alignments of how the schools are populated and the lines drawn, they don't allow for focused help and need to be at specific schools so that the children that actually need the help can get a concentrated effort. They spread load it. I'm sure there's legitimate reasons why, but why don't we rethink about that? If you've got a community that needs help, why wouldn't you target that school and make that school the mm, example of how things could be done to benefit the people in that neighborhood? Now, look, I don't have all the answers. I don't know all the details, but I just got to wonder, why is it that everything seemingly can be fixed through central planning never actually gets fixed? Why is it that nobody ever wants to think about something other than what we're already doing? If we keep doing the same things and we're not getting good results, perhaps maybe we ought to rethink about how we're doing it. And the answer isn't always just throw more money at it. Maybe it's change things up. Maybe it's change leadership. Maybe it's change the format. Maybe it's change the style. Maybe it's just consider that different neighborhoods or different communities have different needs. One size doesn't fit all. But again, 
I'm just <laughs> the lone crusader out here, I guess. And when we look at this and we look at how all this plays out, apartment complexes are a net loss over time. Underperforming schools are a net loss over time. Things that are built out in the hopes of making a nice attraction or a nice part of town that don't last long-term are a net loss. Now, could you reinvent them? Could you rethink them? Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure Plano is suffering with that right now. They had a great plan that they laid out about 40 years ago. Some of it worked out, some of it not so much. But you you have to be willing to re-examine what do we want and what are we trying to accomplish here? And that's the thing a lot of people struggle with. And the struggle is something that we have to consider. We have to be willing to look past what we've done. Because what we've done maybe worked then, but is not working now. Clearly, it's not working now. So when we evaluate, can we continue to do the same things either in the school district or in the city and the way we design things and the way we lay things out? Perhaps we should consider what were some of the traditional solutions? What were the things that worked in the past? Because the newfangled stuff, the new idea maybe isn't. But if we were to take back some of those notions or ideas from the past, things that actually did work and there's evidence that it worked well, why wouldn't we incorporate those ideas? Wouldn't that make us more unique? I mean, instead of trying to be just like Frisco or just like Allen or just like Plano was 20 years ago, why won't we consider doing something different? Come up with a different idea. I mean, yes, we can we can attract more businesses. Yes, we, we can spend more money and create some more nice things and maybe get more people to move in the area. But again, Is that really what our end goal is? Or are we trying to build a community? Are we trying to build an aesthetic? Are we trying to maintain some uniqueness? Are we trying to keep McKinney McKinney? Are we trying to return to the aesthetic of uniqueness that made us special 20 years ago that has somehow got lost in the mix, in the modernization, in the expansion Shouldn't we make me take a pause and reconsider where could we better reflect the values, the ideals that we wanted to present at one point and we got overwhelmed. I'm I from where I'm sitting, the city's done actually quite well in absorbing all the new people, but now's the time. Now's the time. Can we rethink? Can we allow for some little differences to play out within the city? Can we maybe not micromanage how things are supposed to work? Could we maybe consider allowing for some different ideas to be played out? Maybe create little niches within the city. I mean, if you go to Dallas, they've got their districts, right? Now we're not Dallas. We don't want to be Dallas, but we could be better than Dallas. We could reflect some of the uniqueness that plays out in Houston or Austin. Again, we don't want to reflect what happened in Houston and Austin, but we control that. There's something to be said for playing on the idea of uniqueness. There's something to be said for offering something that you can't get down the route in, well, in this case, Anna or Melissa, but right now in Frisco or Allen. Now, we're never going to be a Fairview. We're we're never going to be a Murphy. Those days are gone. And anybody that would want that, go to Murphy or Fairview. There's still opportunities there. It's very expensive, but you can do it. But McKinney has a lot of opportunities. And we have to be open to the adventure 
open to the ideas. And I just hope that as we transition into new leadership here in the next year or two, that we'll get somebody that's willing to explore what does it look like to actually be unique? What does it look like to embrace our nature around us? Can we do something better than throw down more pavement and slap up more apartments and put in more liquor stores? These are all things that can be addressed if somebody's just willing to take a risk. Or you can continue to follow suit and be just like Frisco and Allen and Plano. I mean, if that's, if that's a safe play, it really is. I get it. But I think we can do better. I think we can do more. It is my sincere hope that this next election cycle will get some other people in that have an open mind, that have some ideas. Now, I don't want crazy leftists. And honestly, I don't even know that the answer is some hardcore right-wing people. I just want some people that are concerned about their city that can see some of the handwriting on the wall that actually want it to be a destination where people want to go and live and raise families, not go and visit universal studios, not go and hang out at the mall, but a place where they want to go home and relax and have a little quiet. And yeah, maybe we go downtown and we go shop somewhere or we go have a nice little restaurant visit somewhere. We take a nice stroll on the lake or town lake more appropriately Those are all great, nice things. And that's the stuff we need, in my opinion, to be playing up. And we just don't do it. Or if we are, we're not doing it well. And with that, this has been According to Callus. And I will be back with a couple of great ideas to throw out on you for Texas Tuesday. Thank you, and I will see you on the other side.